Welcome to the What's Your Weird Story podcast. Everyone has at least one good story. And some of us have stories that are just to the left of normal. We're interested in the ones that push the boundaries of what we can perceive. Stories that defy explanations. Stories with an air of mystery. Stories we might not share. For fear of being thought of differently. But don't worry. We're all friends here. So, what's What's your weird story? story? Hello, Weirdsville. It's time once again for the What's Your Weird Story podcast. That's right, the What's Your Weird Story podcast. Your weekly podcast of the weird, unusual, mysterious, bizarre, uncanny, mystic, mythic, spooky, supernatural, paranormal, preternatural, uh, awesome, and all the other adjectives um, in, rolled up into a nice casserole, set into the oven at 450 degrees, left for 20 minutes, and then pulled out by my co-host, Mr. Barry Johnston. <laughs> and I'm your other per- host, Adam Beebe. <laughs> Perfectly timed as I'm, <laughs> as I'm making dinner. <laughs> oh, man, how are things? Oh, going all right, man. Doing pretty good over here. Just, you know, chugging along. Um, I, you know, I recently found myself um, getting down a rabbit, you know, my YouTube rabbit holes. Yeah, yeah. That's part of our porting here. What we do is what we uh, get stuck in on, on, on YouTube rabbit holes. But I've been watching one um, where um, I guess they're called auditors. They're police auditors. Okay. And it's these people who uh, videotape themselves getting, you know, having encounters, various encounters with the police. Oh, boy. Okay. And sometimes, the, you know, uh, well, these people typically know their laws, their rights and the laws better than the police. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so it's kind of like, you know, the great, the, the, uh, uh, a third party kind of grading the police interaction yeah. ver- and knowledge and what they're doing versus what the uh, the person in the civilian um, and yeah it's really interesting because uh, you know you, I just you, saw, I just saw one of those yeah 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 um, I mean it just look it shows you I'm not we're not obviously we're not anti police. No, uh, no, we're not anti really uh, anybody. Yeah. Um, just be well, cool. Just be cool. Yeah, just be cool. You know, we're not we're not a big fans of of, of racist and you know intolerant and stuff like that, which is ironic. But you're intolerant of intolerance, but it's not um, an oxymoron really. But uh, one back to what I was trying to say. It's 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 interesting to see that um, how much. Not just the police don't understand our rights, but general, generally American citizens, we don't know yeah. the full extent of our rights or the sure. proper use yeah. of our rights. Yep. And that it's something that you really, uh, you know, need to educate yourself on so that um, even if you're not doing anything wrong, that you, you know, can't get um, somehow pushed into doing something that seems incriminating to yourself sure. or 
you know, something like that. That's ha- that's uh, happened to me. I've been in those situations before. I've had terrible run-ins with the police, and yeah. I don't know if it's just me or what. You know, my wife seems seems to think that like I'm I have this thing about me that's like just looking for trouble, mm-hmm. but uh, I think there's some of that. Maybe I don't know. It's like a weird thing, but yeah. And and when you when you see those guys, I saw one where a guy got pulled over for a dumb traffic thing mm-hmm. and the cop got mad at him because he was questioning him about mm-hmm. why specifically he was being pulled over. Well, come to find out he ended up getting off of all this stuff. Cause mm-hmm. the guy, the, it was clear from the camera footage of the police officer, he was in the wrong. So yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And you know, it just got, it also goes to show that people, um, you know, cops are people. They're fallible. They can let their emotions get the better of them oh, in yeah. the way. But unfortunately, you know, because of that, sometimes they do make mistakes. And yep. because they are authorities and they are law enforcement, they have, um, you know, there's a power dynamic yes. issue there. Oh, uh, yeah. Where, you know, whereas, you know, you get mad at somebody, um, you know, if you're driving in traffic and, you, you know, somebody does something, you flip them off. That's about the end of it. You know, maybe right. there's some dumb road rage or something, but yep. they can't, you know, come and arrest you. They can't, right. you know, put laws against you for whatever, you know, right. you just you it's go an, on. But, it's uh, unnatural. I mean, honestly, when you think about it, uh, policing is it's weird. It's just weird because it's like they're another citizen. And mm-hmm. but then you're giving them the ability to have a firearm, to have. Yep. The, the the means to yes. arrest people and that that's a lot of responsibility absolutely and, and a lot of trust has oh to be yeah put in from the public to <clears throat> absolutely the police. and obviously again we know and we've known historically not just here in the states but ev- you know everywhere but you know there have been problems with police and you know policing and abuses of power all around yep. the board in all kinds of cases and uh, again, you know, human beings, we get any bit of power. We're going to, it just seems like, you know, the temptation to abuse it and to abuse it is just so oh, yeah. big and so real. Huge. Um, so that, you know, authority, it's, it, it could be like a drug. Again, that's why I've always said that, you know, I never, never trust anybody who wants to be the president or yes. wants to be a politician. Yes. Uh, because, you know, they may start off with uh, completely altruistic intentions. Yep. Uh, but, you know, we all know that uh, people can be can be bought and can be, you know, or will speak out of both sides of their mouths. And uh, and uh, on that note, don't forget today, uh, November 8th, as this is released, don't forget to go out and vote. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm just hoping that we uh, have a country after tomorrow. I, I'm, I have faith that we're going to be okay. Yeah, we'll uh, be okay. You know, we're going through growing pains, really, is kind oh, of what man, it is. In a big way. And, um, you know, and it's it's not the first time that this country has had those kinds of things. Yeah. It's, you know, it's not, it probably won't be the last time, you know. It's just like, these are things that happen and they get intense. And, you know, um, we obviously know media has played a huge part in, in, in ramping up the heat and intensity and what's going on. Uh, but that's you know how they make their money and sell ads yeah, yeah. and get people 
uh, just, eyeballs. Just get out and free. talk talk to your fellow American. That's yeah. all I ask. Yeah. Like yeah. I, and yeah. Politics. Don't even talk about politics. hundred percent. Talk about anything, but you know, yeah. talk about what's your lives, what's going on. Right. You know, see each other as humans. I mean, yeah. 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 I always say that too because it's like people. No matter what side you on, you know, people want you to see things the way that they see them. But it's like when I go outside every day and I have interactions with people, people are pretty great. I don't know yeah. if it's because of where I live or whatever, but like people taking it at face value and sort of just like the mundane every day. Cool. Yeah. There's no issues. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I agree with that, man, for sure. It's uh, yeah. Anyway. Hey, by speaking of uh, of uh, drugs. And uh, cool things to watch. Um, have you seen that new documentary? I think it's called Killer Sally. I think is what it's called, or Killer Killer. Oh, dude! Yes, I watched it. Yeah, Killer Sally. Uh, Netflix. Yeah. I watched it just the other okay, night. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, I'm in the middle of it. Isn't it Wild, great, dude? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was Sally, this lady Sally. She was a uh, former Marine and bodybuilder, and uh, she uh, killed her husband who was also a bodybuilder. Yep. And uh, so it's about the, it's about that crime uh, about, you know, her story and his story and everyone's around story. And yeah, really good. Really good. Fetish it, wrestling. Oh yeah. Yeah. We're great stuff. Uh, strong women, you know, muscular yep. women in, in like swimsuits and bikinis, um, res- wrestling dudes. Yeah. Them at, like, Le- head scissors and stuff. Love it. And uh, yeah, that's that's a fetish. Yeah, man. there's a fetish. Everything's a fetish. Yeah. There's a fetish for everything. Balloon popping. That's a strange one for me. Sure, but, sure. You know. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, people, man. You know. You can. There's you name it. There, yeah, dude. you name it. You um, name it. Yeah. Let's uh, let's switch gears here a little bit. Yes, we recently found out that our uh, good friend of the podcast. And multi-time guest, uh, Alta of Chad and Alta fame, uh, that she recently passed away. And, um, you know, we spoke to them. They were on at least five episodes. Uh, We spoke to them several times. And, I mean, uh, they had so many incredible stories and such incredible, interesting lives that they shared together and individually and, um, you know, we always really appreciated uh, what what they brought and how open with us they were. And so we wanted to take um, this episode and kind of play some of the some sections, selections from the, ep- the various interviews that we had with uh, Chad and Alta and uh, kind of, you know, a tribute to our, our friend and friend of the podcast and um, just, you know, just continue uh, their stories going on, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, this is real life, and sometimes yep. tragic things happen. And uh, Alta was an amazing person, and yep. uh, we appreciate her coming on. And we had some great conversations with them, and we were just talking about you know the fact that like the first one I think you said was like three and a half hour long conversation. Yeah. yeah. And it's just like, that just is typical of our situation. We just start talking with people and connecting. And before you know it, we've gone three and a half, four hours. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. It is absolutely amazing. So, um, once again, this is our uh, our tribute to our friend, 
Alta, who shared so much and was a uh, just a, a wonderful, special lady. Um, and uh, so we will, um, in, in her honor, um, in memory, we say, uh, Chad Alta, what's your weird story? Well, where do we start? I guess uh, I'll let Alta uh, kind of start and, you know, go into her history and... And before we do anything, thanks so much for giving us a chance to share our weird stories. Because they, we there are many, and so you might just have to, you know, say that's enough. Great! Oh, perfect. Enough. So I'll just start with uh, the beginnings of the beginning. For me, is first of all, I'm ten years older than Chad. I'm born or or come from, you know, my origins or. There's a lot of mystery in my history before I go any further. I'll share what I do know, and again, it's pretty brief. Uh, I'm from the Southwest, and I am a late 1950s baby. And uh, one of the first weird stories connecting with me is that my mom, who I was primarily raised by, I had a stepfather from the time I'm about 5 to 15, uh, but... Other than that, it was mom and I, and she was a very interesting, she is no longer with us physically, but she was a very interesting, with a lot of mystery in her history, uh, kind of woman, self-made woman, if you will. Mm -hmm. And when I say that to you, I say this, that she didn't share this too often to too many folks, because again, whatever her mystery was all about, I think it was intended, and uh one of the first things she would tell people, the few people that I remember hearing this about when I'm young, and when I say young, maybe 9, 10, 11, somewhere in that age range, mm-hmm. uh, that would make it, you know, like late 60s, early 70s. Uh, she would indicate that when I'm a baby, which would have made me, I think the indication was about six months old, she's the driver of a, a car. I'm the only passenger with her. She mm-hmm. says that it's broad daylight. We're driving across a, a highway in the southwest. I have mm-hmm. no idea where exactly. And she claims that a metallic, I don't remember exactly the word. It would seem like UFO, small metallic mm-hmm. UFO came down out of the sky and stopped her on the road. Wow. Now, yeah. When she, she didn't talk like that, that she didn't talk like that. And I had no interest in that. Right. And and when, you know, the couple times or the few times I remember it ever being expressed, I remember, as I've said, anybody, you know, that's willing to hear this, that I was crawling out of the room. I was so embarrassed. And I was positive she was nuts. And I knew better. She was far from crazy. Right. But some something wasn't working. Yeah. It, it, just wasn't, it just wasn't registering. So that right. was, so just again, just so you know, a little further into our weird stories, uh I had no interest, and it was extremely embarrassing. And I don't remember ever—I don't remember anybody ever challenging her, and I certainly didn't. And I just didn't even want to hear it. But I—I mm-hmm. I heard it more than once. Wow! And so you add that to the fact that I, I've got a lot of, as I say, mystery from my beginnings. My photos, mm-hmm. like there's no baby pictures. I'm not trying to say anything other than just my reality. Right. I have no mm-hmm. no baby photos. I've never seen an original birth certificate kind of language. Oh, wow. Um, wow. Yeah. That is a lot of mystery. Yeah. Too much. I'll say that. Oh, yeah. I've worked 
really hard out. All I've really had is myself and, of course, Chad loving my life. And mm-hmm. as far as family is concerned, since my mom has crossed, and uh, I, there's just no one to talk to. There's nobody to refer to. And so some of that stuff even gets weirder. So, right. so you didn't. Uh, so you didn't have any other family other than your mother that you were I, aware of, at least. Right. When I'm young, I'm under mm. the impression. Well, I was actually misguided. Let me okay. just put it that way. That that my dad had died, my birth mm-hmm. father, and uh, I certainly accepted that and right. heartbroken, so on and so forth. And then I find out at 27 that was not true. Wow. And then all of a sudden at 27, I mean, we, you know, I don't want to tie up all of this about my little strange beginnings. You know, I don't know how much time you all have. And I know you, we, all the time in the world. <laughs> well, then I'll, you know, and I'll try to not let it be boring. But what I discover at 27 is all of a sudden I'm being offered to speak to my birth father long distance on the telephone. And it's like, what? Wow. Oh, well. I, I don't have time to process. I'm so excited and I'm so confused and I'm just, did I mention excited? I was just so excited. Yeah. And yeah, I, so, yeah, we, you know, we, we meet on the phone as they say, I guess, officially. And then within, I can't remember a very short amount of time, uh, my mother uh, and I, and I took a friend along as a backup support, right. drove from, at that time it was Little Rock, Arkansas to the southwest where my dad lived for them to apparently reunite and for me to meet him and uh so that story is you know that doesn't end very well but the fact was i did meet him and he had a mother still alive my grandmother oh wow and yeah she's just yummy she's just (laughs) she was just absolutely yummy and she seemed yummy over me Mm -hmm. and uh I understand I'm his only child. Mm. And so she remembered me as a baby and she, you know, she just cried. Here's this white haired old desert rounder. She just yummy human being who remembered me and uh, was just real happy to be reconnected with me. So that was, that was awesome. Yeah. That sounds, that, that sounds great. Yeah. Yeah. I, it was brief, but it was, you know, I, I, I'm able to hang on to that. But again, yeah. uh, once my mother, dis- and she apparently truly, the, the hear it told, disappeared with me. And uh, that was it. And Ooh. so there's That's no... That's why you didn't have the photographs or I, any kind of paper trail, I guess. I would certainly think not. Wow. wow. And yeah. it was a lot easier to... It was a lot easier to just completely disappear back, back then. then and just start over as mm-hmm. somebody else just by saying, you know, hey, my name is now, um, you know, I, I, I Bill Weatherston. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's an interesting one. That's right. 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 You know, this is why I kind of start off with sharing the age, my age, because I, if we ever get a chance to meet in person, let me just put out there, I'm extremely youthful. Old chick, but uh, and I've never had children. Maybe there's something to it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But uh, people are shocked to learn, certainly my age and the fact that, as I say, I'm ten years older than Chad. If anything, we're closer. You know, I look. We look the same in that regards. Mm-hmm. So 
you know, just all the puzzlement and the strangeness and the what have you. So don't can't get answers. If I could, then I'll just kind of go from that sure. real to get off of me and have Chad share with you a little bit about his early history. Sure. I, uh, but you know, this is kind of a whopper and it's very bizarre because I can't answer any more than what I'm saying now either. I don't have any childhood memories. And when I say that, I don't say it lightly. I don't, it's like, it's not there. Right. Wow. Being little. Now, did I've you, been, you moved around, talking. you moved around a lot, right? Is that correct? At a young That's age? Right. So you didn't have That's a lot right. of friends. You didn't have a lot of solid, um, people as far as, as, as that goes, your friendships were pretty much sort of, um, if you were, if you were in a spot for a minute, you might, you know, talk to somebody or or you may not i don't know I, i've talked i've talked to a lot of people that have moved around a lot as children and they're very reluctant to build relationships because they know that they're not going to be around that's you know absolutely um i i almost would like to say without sounding like a victim because that's certainly not the intention just the truth right uh, too old at this stage of the game you know to share anything but uh I don't have that luxury, to be quite honest with you. Sure. When I say I don't have any memories, I don't have any memories until I'm about nine. The wow. first memory is I am being tested, tested for ESP in a military hospital in Aurora, Colorado. That hospital is still in effect. Wow. Uh, it's called Fitzsimmons, if I'm not mistaken. Fitzsimmons Military Hospital. Wow. Now, that's where I start going, what the, what the, and that's what I've, you know, been left with. I contacted somebody because I've, I've had to become my own everything in terms of researcher, right. investigator, so on and so forth. And, you know, really don't have any answers, I'll be quite honest with you, and given it everything I got and still try. But I actually sent an email, and I barely know how to operate a computer, uh, that's, you know, just not helped a lot in this stage of the game. But I contacted this gentleman that had gotten quite a bit of airtime on television uh, at that point, and that was several years ago. His name is Grant Cameron. Mm -hmm. uh, we've never met, of course, in person, but he was at least kind enough to respond to me because most don't even respond. And his was short, sweet, and not so sweet, and very brief and very direct, which was this man had been noted originally for writing a book about UFOs and presidents. Mm -hmm. So okay. now I'm paying a little bit of attention to, I didn't have interest, but I'm paying attention to his, you know, his background and so on. And I'm realizing he's, he's getting a lot of, he seems to know how to get information about stuff. And so as I'm paying attention, I, I just shot it off to him. Something must have triggered in hearing an interview on him or something. And I just asked him if he could give me any guidance on how I might get those records mm -hmm. of being tested in that hospital. And uh, he wrote back, I think it was a one-liner, uh, good luck. No, that won't happen. Wow. He, wow. Right. Now, I don't accept it, but, wow. you know, at some point you just kind of got to say. That's definitely, like, that's just a, that's just a shutdown. That's like a, <laughs> yeah. That's wild. That I mean, that's just... Mm. And so, okay, so I want to back up just a tad to um, this 
the ESP, the psychic testing, the psychic power mm-hmm. testing, because that's just um, fascinating. I mean, that's just wild. Because, like, we know, like, I mean, it's historical record. You can go out there and you can find out where the government and the, you know, and the military and, and, and the uh, and intelligence agencies were trying to, were investigating, spent a lot of time investigating psychic powers mm-hmm. of all, all kinds, especially there in the Cold War era. And that would be, that's right there where you're talking about. And that's just, wow. Um I'm yeah. I'm <laughs> I'm amazed. This is so cool. Um, it's just, just kind of nuts. Like so what did right. so you were at this this Air Force Base? What did they? I mean, what kind of testing did they do? What did they? You know, do you remember? What can you at least remember from that to to share? So it's again, thank goodness, pretty brief. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, the memory is is because I just don't have any before that. As much as I try to force it, it just doesn't seem to be there. Mm-hmm. But uh, so I've relied on pictures of myself from the age of two on. And uh, those show us mom and I all over the country. Mm-hmm. And so I've, you know, but those are just photographs. There's no memories there. So the first memory, the only memory is I'm in a sanitized, very sanitary environment. Uh, it seems all white. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's a large room, and there's a man sitting. I'm sitting at a small table, very small. On one end, this man, it seems like he's got very dark hair. I almost want to say black. But again, it's the memory is just pretty short and brief. Mm-hmm. He's in a long white coat, looks like a doctor. Now, how I even understand that, I can't explain to you, but I do. He is uh, holding up. There's a a little block, um, a, a little thin barrier, a little wall between us on the, that table. Mm-hmm. I can't see, and he's holding up cards and asking me to, to tell him what I see in, in terms of uh, uh, geometric shapes. And that's what I remember. Wow. And again, it's wow. short and brief, and then I seem to check back out again, wow. meaning the memory closes down again. Wow. I have no memory of leaving uh, Colorado, but we must have, we meaning my mother, my stepfather, and myself must have moved, I would say, I kind of again guesstimating, relatively short after all of this, because I'm somewhere around nine, but next thing I know, I'm in the Midwest. Hmm. I lived in the Midwest for about 10 years, somewhere in that age range. That's where I consider my formidable years where I was mm-hmm. raised. I'm very grateful because it was awesome. Yeah. Uh, it had all that kind of larger city, small town, cornfield yeah. environment. Mm-hmm. And very grateful because I, I established some friendships there that I still, even though there was a long break in between several years, I got reunited with a couple of these friends from my childhood. It Maybe at, at one point it had been a 40-year break where we hadn't connected in 40 years. Wow. And then we and then we reconnected and they've been, you know, able to kind of fill in a little bit of strange blanks for me of <laughs> living in the Midwest with them and so on, but yeah, that but I don't have any memory of moving there. And then all of a sudden I'm there and I think I might be about 12 or some 11 something like that. So there's just a lot of time that's in and out. Yeah. <laughs> 
I also am told I was extremely sickly. To hear my mother tell, if she was having this conversation right now, she claims I'm a preemie, a seventh-month preemie. She claims that um, I was extremely sickly those first several years of my life and underdeveloped lungs and just all kinds of, she just made me sound, you know, just like uh, halfway on death's door. It seemed like, right. So who knows, you know, as far as memory is concerned, how much that's affecting. It's hard to say. Wow. Yeah. 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 So, that's kind of just the little short history and the beginnings of the our story, if you will. And, right. and then uh, just real briefly, I'm starting to experience, as I'm living in the Midwest now, I'm starting to experience, oh, I, I've kind of babied up most of the language, I think, from just my own purposes to survive so much insanity it would seem but i use the word ghosty instead of ghost and you know i started having ghosty experiences not all the time nothing like that i don't walk around necessarily seeing dead people and but i I did a couple you know i did have Mm -hmm. a couple of experiences that were pretty specific that i couldn't doubt and then at one point in this midwest community uh, I happened to have a guy friend, literally a, like a buddy, a guy friend who was, he was, he'd graduated from a different high school and his family were the well-to-do, if you will, of this community. And he grew up in a big, fancy, old mansion. And, but these were very, just yummy people in terms of there didn't seem to be, I didn't have any sense of any kind of prejudice or anything of that nature. Cause I certainly was not raised of money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when I would go over to this home, it's very elegant. They're very proper. Um, and the mother, she was very elegant. She'd been a ballerina instructor kind of person. And they had the big libraries with the great big, huge, thick doors, mm-hmm. the big wooden doors. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. You, you, yeah. And so I'm over there one time invited for dinner and they have the table set and there is, you know, a setting that is all set up for the invisible. And that's, they do that every night apparently, or every meal, they create a setting for that that you can't see. So they had a chair, they had a chair there that with the plates and everything purposely set. Mm-hmm. And everything, and for somebody who wasn't physically present. That's right. And these did they, are did really they put well. down the food and, as well? <laughs> um, I, you know, in all honesty, I can't remember. I'll have to give thought to that because thanks for that question. I love, we love questions. Uh, <laughs> I honestly can't remember. I think I'm in such shock of the fact that this right. was considered. And I just thought, well, man, I came out of a weird world and it just doesn't even, my mom didn't do that (laughs) kind of thing. And I'm just tripping and I'm taking it in and I'm just to accept it as normal as they all seem to do. And certainly they did. And then I kind of found it lovely, whatever that means. And then next thing I know, one of them freaking thick, great big doors slammed shut. Whoa. Yeah. Like slammed hard shut. And so... 
as you know, it's again, not a whole lot more to carry on about that experience, but it was kind of profound in the, the was that sense that this was normal was for it, them. Right. I was going to say, was it shocking to anyone else at the table that that had happened or was it just kind of like, Oh, that happens all the time. I, I would say I, I felt like I would have my skin internally wow. because now I did fly out of my fur and I do remember being the only one that I can remember in that reaction. And just, again, this just didn't seem to really get anybody else's attention too much. All and right. it was, wow. and as I said, you know, in the past to me that, you know, the point of this is there was no doubt about it, that that house was alive in some form or fashion of right. something you couldn't see. Yeah. That they it, all seemed to was it explained to you um, why they had the, the extra setting? They or did they, they just set it and like it, it's it, this is how things work or you know they didn't mention it it was just like there it is oh right that's it exactly okay it wow. was, yeah it was just uh, it was matter of course and uh, I must have being the little curious soul I be must have inquired to my right. friend what. What beautiful, what was what? And uh, he would have responded to me, but I can tell you this it would have been real short, not a lot of explanation, like just this is how we live, right? Huh. Huh. You are now seeing how I've been raised, kind of, which was clearly not the world that I came from, right. and here I'm seeing ghosty kind of stuff. Right. And so, yeah, that was that was peculiar wow. and interesting. And, uh, and like I said, of, yeah, what kind of what kind of things were you seeing at this point? So I'm, I'm guessing this is you're in your teens here, um, right. like or late teens or maybe early twenties. Yeah. That mm-hmm. age, um, I'm somewhere fourteen to. Uh, we left. My mother and I left that part of the country and moved to Little Rock, Arkansas when I'm about 19. I think I was okay. first or second year of college. So it was so, like high school. Yeah. You know, just like junior high into high yeah. school. And that was extremely crucial in my life because my stepfather has cancer. Mm-hmm. They He'd had it a couple of times. Now, again, we're talking 70s. Right. They told him that uh, they'd done all that they could do. And basically he had the option. They said that he had six months as that seemed to be that, that again seems to be the normal number always thrown out. So what happens is my mom had to work and she is now trying to keep everything alive herself because he's no longer able. Mm -hmm. And I'm too young in regards to making any kind of real income. So I think I'm somewhere around 14, 15. I believe I must have been about 14. I remember her asking me or basically instructing me, but did it lovingly. I don't want to make it sound like uh, it was intended with cruelty. She asked me if I would take care of him, Mm -hmm. if I would become his caregiver. So they, I remember being taken to a doctor's office. They stuck an orange in my hand or something of that nature, maybe a grapefruit. I think it was an orange and they put a syringe in my other hand and they told me, shot, you know, instructed me how to give in, in injections. Oh, wow. They sent us home with boxes of Demerol is how it started. Right. Now, again, I don't even hardly know this language. I'm no prude by any means, but I'm not into drugs. Right. And, uh, 
so anyhow, this is, you know, I don't know nothing. If I barely understand what pot is at that point, yeah. you know, I'm doing good. Right. So anyhow, so we got, so we got these files of Demerol. So that's my job. And I take care of him all day. And then it's up to morphine. So now it's gosh. Morphine. Well, he doesn't, he lives at something like 17 months. So we're talking now, I'm into 16. Mm, right. And I left school. They were just starting. So I had a full summer where I didn't have to worry about anything. And then he's not leaving. He's staying. And it's just getting worse and so on. And so I remember I seemed to be one of the first opportunities where they wanted to put a a screen, like a television screen, um, in our home to pipe in my class. Now, again, isn't that in... That's where we're talking 1974. Right. Wow. Wow. 73, 4. Right. And seems like that had just been approved, that was just going to be orchestrated to have happen so that I could stop missing school and get back on track again as best as possible and still take care of him. Mm-hmm. And then it, at that point was when he finally crossed. I, wow. That's a long explanation to what then started seeming to happen to me. That friend I just explained to you, that guy friend that came out of the wealthy family with that ghosty house, he, um, he comes over to the house that now my dad dies i'm literally i mean it's just like a real bad movie he's mm-hmm. i'm him i literally was cradling him mm. when he when he took his last breath and our house filled up with people who hadn't been there in a year because they couldn't right. stand to see he was only like 50 pounds when he died oh gosh right you know just the worst of the worst yeah. and so just seeing that picture, you know, nobody wanted to come and who can blame. And all of a sudden it was like something out in the ethers, let everybody know now because mm-hmm. they, our house was filling with people that had not been there in a very long time. Yeah. Yeah. The friend happened to be one. He'd, he'd been there because he'd been a support system. Well, he comes back the next day, something like that or what have you. And we had a long mirror in front of my bedroom door that uh, was like in a little hallway kind of thing. And to this day, I have no idea. He was never going to tell me. But he came in that house and he saw something that terrified him so bad that he didn't walk. He ran out of that house and he never returned. Right. I, I didn't have that sense of an evil Thank the heavens, because we've Chad and I've had a lot of crazy experiences that I consider dark that mm-hmm. have been terrifying. But I haven't I didn't have a sense about that. My physical life had been so scary for me that I just I don't think I could have handled that too on top yeah, of it. Yeah, gosh. But I would say that we had a little miniature grandfather clock mm-hmm. that happened, you know, those things it was said, I guess, to dong every hour or mm-hmm. half hour whatever the case may be well it the night the dad died it was quarter to nine and it donked and from that moment on couldn't correct it wow. it chose to yeah wow. just that kind of weirdness creepiness but i didn't huh. see evil and then i started to see one night i saw a white mist 
mm-hmm. seemed to come right up off of the off above my head and out a window right above my head. Wow. Yeah. And I had a friend that was staying over that witnessed it as well. And yeah, that kind yeah. of. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. We've definitely heard, we've heard stories about white mist type Mm-hmm. Yeah. Entity type things. Yeah. Right. That's wild. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So that was that. That. So that's just you know a lot of mystery and a lot of mm-hmm. uh, just sort of that surface stuff. I, I'd like to say you know the real wind up here is because again I'm still left in such puzzlement, living right. this life and especially this life with Chad. Uh, I, I'll mention because I feel like because I. I checked into y'all before I ever reached out to you, and I just, I so enjoyed, you know, what what I was learning about the both of you. I think your childhood friends, that's right, Oklahoma, if I'm not mistaken, and yep. and then I, I believe I shared a message with you that I'd lived in Oklahoma, yeah, a period of time and had a very crazy experience take place there, and so it was so enjoyable. You know, you all have stuck together and kept this connection and having this little bit of history yeah. and all, and you see. Kind, and you seem, you know, genuinely interested in any of us out here with these mm-hmm. weird stories. For sure. Yeah. So we if I it. could, then yeah. we just kind of pull you up into this connection with Chad and me. Mm-hmm. My mom, all of a sudden, one day decides she's going to move to Arkansas out mm-hmm. of the Midwest. And I, well, well, that, I was not prepared for that. I, I had lots of friends, and I just sort of was doing fine in my little life and thought everything was great. But right. And then I'm also like, what is an Arkansas? What is an Arkansas? <laughs> I didn't Wait, I could not we, comprehend the we, South. We, I could we Oklahomans that. ask ourselves that a lot. Exactly. <laughs> That's right. I resemble that remark. That's it's right. It's, 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 that's one of those things that we sling back and forth to each other, you know? Yeah. And do it brilliantly. Well, in the Midwest, I was, you know, just young and real dumb and just truly did not understand that something like that really existed. Right. And she was, she was, what? She's moving there? What? So, well, she's not leaving me behind because once I realized she means it, well, that's all my family. That's it. So. Yeah, you know, I just said, "Yep, we we gonna do this together," sort of language, and uh, we moved to Little Rock, Arkansas. And at that time, now we're talking the end of the seventies, okay. okay, somewhere on seventy eight ish, I think, somewhere in that period of time. Okay. So, my mom wakes up one day and says. And, 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 you know, just to kind of give you a little more background on her and her interestingness, wakes up one day and I'm paraphrasing, says, you know, I need to make money like a man. I am tired of being treated like a woman sort of language. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm I'm now understanding we're in the South. What an interesting time to get that awakening. Right. And, you know, I mean, no prejudice, but I mean, right. we're in the South. Right. And yeah. yeah. And this is just the late 70s. And so, yeah. well, she actually did something about it. She uh, she started college, and now she's got to work full time, and mm-hmm. she's going to go to. She figures out how to. She learned how to be a grants writer. She figures out how to get her hands on grants and wow. so on and wow. so forth. Yeah, it's just real smart like that. That's awesome. Yeah, well, for sure. She decides law is the direction she's going to move in, and I'm like, well, that's again very interesting. Yeah, and I'm very puzzled by everything, and. Uh, wouldn't you know, Bill Clinton 
was my one of my mom's first law professors. Oh wow! So wow, wow, right? right. Wow, just, wow. There's some weird stories. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> yeah, because as I you know I share with anybody that's ever heard this. Nobody knows who the Clintons are back in the 70s. Right. Right. Her Rose Law Firm was attached just just around the corner from my mom's office, and it was like, nobody knows who they are. He's attorney general at the time, and my mom just thought he was cute. And I just, (laughs) I'm about 19, 20 at the time, and I'm just like what he likes, and I'm just knowing real early on, (laughs) these aren't nice people, and what are you thinking? Well, it's none of my business. She's just going to go to college, and yeah, life's going to get on with it. And so essentially, that's what she did. And she, as I say, became a pretty powerful self-made woman in the city of Little Rock and uh, uh, had some very interesting stories just in regards to all of that. But if I can, then we'll just start moving this along a little further. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's she's, uh, like some of the first female appointed at this and that and so on. First housing inspector for the city. Uh, And at that point, Little Rock is somewhere in the range of 350,000. It's not New York City, but it's not a farm town. Pretty good size. It's a state. Thank you, Chad. Speaking of, it's the state capital. Right. And so so anyhow, just giving you that background, mom's kind of well-known. Not a celebrity, but she's got territories that she's responsible for. And so with that known, keep that in mind with the rest of this story, mom's kind of known and I need that. I need her to be known. And so now if I could, again, a whole lot in between, uh, we'll fast forward our story and then we'll kind of start it at 1990. I mean, uh, yeah, 1990, uh-huh. 1990. So it's Valentine's day, 1990. I am at the time I'm 33. I've never been married, no kids, and I'm not interested. I'd had a hard life and I was starting to get real sour mm-hmm. over the concept of love or anything connected to it. Right. And uh, my mom and I are starting to have a lot of problems. I've been in and out of the state many years. I lived in Kansas City. I lived in Oklahoma. I lived in California. I've been in and out for many years. And so we hadn't been together a lot. But again, I'm a mama's girl. She's my only family and we're starting to have problems. I had moved back there before valentine's and i'm staying with my mom that was just not a good idea yeah and uh it's valentine's day i've gotten a new job that i absolutely hate and it's in medical equipment selling medical equipment well i can't turn on a telephone this day and age just imagine me and medical equipment prior to that i had worked in the medical profession hands-on so i take this medical equipment job just because i need a change and think You know, they thought I could do it, and uh, that was just a big mistake because it's like a three-ring circus. So I know I'm in over my head. I hate it. I don't want to be there. I'm only there a few days or a week. Valentine's Day hits. This dude named David, he's married with a new baby. He can't stand the idea that I don't have a date for Valentine's. So basically, he's sticking his nose where I didn't ask it. (laughs) Right. So he wants to arrange me on a blind date. I'd never been on one, was not interested, wasn't going to do it. And I'm just being a biatch that day. And, you know, he don't care. Yeah, he, <laughs> he just, next thing I know, he's dialing the telephone, old-fashioned phone, right? Mm. So <laughs> the old now, he's got, 
That's right, the old dial-up. <laughs> so now he's got this conversation going on with this guy on the other end of the phone. I can't hear it, but I'm hearing how dude's describing me, and I'm thinking, Shh, I sound pretty hot. I wouldn't mind. <laughs> so now he's got my attention while I'm standing in the doorway. Now I'm just still acting like a biatch, like, this is stupid, and why are you doing this? But then my other ear is like, well, this is kind of sounding interesting, and whoever dude's talking to, Seems like he's also interested on the other end, and I'll have Chad pick that back up. Yeah, um, uh, my my friend David called, and he's like, uh, "Yeah, I've got this. You know, I know you like older women, and thanks, Chad. I'm 23 at the time. (laughs) Yeah, 23 at the time. Hey, I think you'll have fun. You know, we'll go ahead. Let's have a double date tonight. Mm -hmm. You know, and uh, I'm like, man, I can't. I've got to work. I've got you know, I worked at a, a kind of a little trendy oyster bar there uh, in, in Little Rock. And I'm like, man, it, he goes, was calling sick. I'm like, no, man, they kill me. It's Valentine's night. You know, they, they, we're going to be packed. packed. Yeah. You know, I call in sick and they're going to, they're going to know. So he goes, I'm, I, I'm like, but I'm interested. I'm interested. You know, I, I want to meet her. I want to meet her. He goes, all right. All right. So he goes, yeah, we'll get back in touch and we'll figure it out. So I go on to, uh, to work that night. And um, it, well, so they hang up, and yeah. I'm still on the other end there, and now I'm real unhappy, just re- real unhappy. I don't want one, can't get one, and apparently can't get one. <laughs> <laughs> right? Happy Valentine's to you, Alton. Right, so at this right. point, now I hate Valentine's. I hate lovers. I hate humans. <laughs> I hate medical equipment. Right. And I don't like myself at all. And so I leave there. I get off work around five-ish. It's one of those eight to five things. I'm all dressed up because I'm wearing, at that point, not any longer, but back then I'm wearing high heels and nylons and, you know, suits and what have you. Mm -hmm. Well, I want out of those clothes real fast. So I get to my mom's as quick as I can. And my objective is, oh, man, I don't want to see my mom. I don't want to be here. I need, I'm going to go have a drink. That's totally out of character for me. Not that I'm going to drink. The fact that I'm going to drive and drink. I don't like driving, period. I never have. But I definitely didn't do those things. Mm, So on this night, I I have no option. All I got is my day. So I get home. I get out of all my, you know, workwear, put my tennis on, my jeans, and I'm out that door. So by the time I come out of the house, I'd say it's, I don't know, between 536, we're in that age, that time frame. Now, I'm in my car, and I'm pulling out away from my mom's place. Now, neglected to mention, my mom had moved to this area in between me living in that part of the country. So that whole area is new to me. I don't know where I am. Mm -hmm. So now I'm real befunked. What am I going to do? I can't go back home. I'm not going back home. I got to do this, but I don't know where to go. So I'm really, and again, there's a reason for all this story. There's a whole lot of... High strangeness. Mm-hmm. Let me add that word, high strangeness, to this story. Yeah. And, you know, I don't want to bore people. There's nothing boring about it, but there's a whole lot of stuff that I'm going to cut out just to get to this point about Chad Nauta. Um, of that took place from the point of leaving my mom's house, I end up in a place that I'm 
which not pause. I'm to this day couldn't tell you really existed. Now I start to sound crazy, but that whole evening on Valentine's seemed to be arranged. That's my word for everything that took place that night. Arranged. Hmm. So, right. So, okay. So, I start off in one place that is close to what I think is my mom. You know, in my mom's neighborhood, and it seemed quaint, and it seemed like it was going to be safe. Right. It's still daylight out, and there's stuff that happens there. My lights seem to go out. Now, I've, I remember ordering a beer, but I don't remember drinking the beer. And I'm not somebody who likes to brag about drinking, but I, I've been able to drink in my life. And yeah. <laughs> with my, my own in the past, I don't ever remember my lights going out over a sip of a beer. Right. But all of a sudden— And, 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 and the right. bartender's a little old, rosy-cheeked. You know, so yeah, the woman that was running this little operation, just like Chad said, she looked like a she looked like a German grandma, little fluffy yeah. round with you know, it just looked all just nicely arranged. Right, and so, uh, and there's nobody else in this little small location, and so, anyhow, again, a lot to that. But from that point, next thing I know, I'm now at another place, a point B location, and. I have met, oh, then I just got to fill it in because now it just sounds too bizarre. When I met that first spot, mm-hmm. there's nobody in this place and it's teeny. It's tiny, except grandma. Right. She's, and it looked like it was out of time and place. And she hands me this beer. Next thing I know, the door opens up. It's still light out. And I see these two dudes walk inside this place. And when I say handsome that does not begin to describe either one of them it goes beyond that it goes beyond that there i don't know how you get beyond that word but it goes beyond that one is very blonde and one has got dark hair they're both exquisitely dressed now i sound like i'm all into clothes and all maybe i used to be back in the day but that's not my thing i'm just describing Mm -hmm. they Mm -hmm. are moneyed looking casual but money blonde's got a leather bomber jacket on and uh, the other guy in his casual expensive. They, next thing I know, there was a pool table in this little place. Asked me if I wanted to shoot pool, something or other. Next thing I know, we're shooting pool. But then it feels like really to, relatively very quickly. I don't know names. Let me also mention, I'm not interested, which right. is very strange. Uh-huh. I'm seeing. And... They're very attractive, but I can tell you I have no interest in them on a emotional, personal level. Mm-hmm. Right. They're engaging me. And so they asked me, one of them asked me if there's a, again, paraphrasing it, a more lively, loca- lively something happening in this city. And I'm like, oh, that's telling me instantly you ain't from here either because you don't look like you belong in this place any more than I do. Mm-hmm. And so now, see, there's a bit bitey even in my tone. I'm still in that biatchy sort of right, approach, right. <laughs> which is right. very out of character for me. I love a party and I'm social and all of that. So mm-hmm. this is all a very out of character night for me. When they made that, when they asked me that, I can't tell you how we got there, but we got there. We got to second place. Hmm. Now, the only thing that makes sense to me as to why we were at that second place is that it happened to be a huge sports bar. I remember it, I say huge, a large sports bar that I had never been to before. Never had been to before. 
but it happened to be in my mom's territory. Right. My, my mom is known as a mixed Indian, American Indian. She's pretty politically active and had been for many years in that city on lots of social levels mm-hmm. and thought of as, you know, somewhat native authority and all kinds of things. She's got a presence. She's a big woman. She has hair down to her Watusi, and she used to always wear it up in a bun. And she's just very, you you remember her when you'd meet her, like a big right. mama bear. Well, so uh, I, I, again, describing her because this place was her territory where, and I happened to look identical to my mom. Uh, back then, I was much thinner and younger and all, but I still identical looking to her. You didn't mistake me being her daughter. Right. And so that's the only thing that makes sense to me as to why that spot, because I can't explain anything else. Why I'd pick a place I'd never been to before. My lights go out from the first place to the second place. That's not easy to ever admit publicly, but that is the truth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, my lights get back on again when we get to that second place. So if I'm being roofied as people like to insinuate and so on and all that drug stuff, how do you do that? How do you have a switch on and a switch off? Right. Yeah. That yeah. quickly. It's usually out. When you're out, you're out. Yeah, usually it's, yeah. Certainly has been my understanding. And so that's not happening this night. On this night, I'm in, I'm out, I'm in again. Now I'm in this sports bar. I realize I'm with these two guys, and I've got a girlfriend that I hadn't seen in a long time that I used to work with in the medical world who lives, she happens to conveniently live up the street from this place. She's my age. She's never been married, no kids. Mm -hmm. I know she's single, so I'm taking a risk, chance, to call her, see if she'd like to come and join us. Well, by the time I describe these guys... I believe she was there faster than we hung that. <laughs> That's right. Then, weird behavior on my part. I don't really particularly remember doing this. The next thing I know, I am disconnecting from those three, and I'm taking myself to the other side of the big sports bar, and I'm plopping myself up at the bar sitting all by myself. And I'm hurt. I'm feeling uh, angry inside. Not raging, just sad. Mm-hmm. And feeling lost. Corrupt. Corrupt. Yeah. That's, mm-hmm. that's the word. Corrupt. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, because we're going to pick this story up here real quick. While I'm sitting up at the bar, I'm talking, I think, to the owner. And again, he's realizing I'm mom's daughter. And uh, then, but again, I'm not having another thing to do with those two men and my friend at all. Mm-hmm. And then I'll have Chad pick it up from here. Yeah. So, um, Thank you, you know, again, I had to go to work Thanks, that guys night. For so, yeah, we uh, yeah. we 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 closed the uh, bar, uh, the the oyster the, bar, the, the oyster bar, mm-hmm. and you know, uh, it was nothing but guys that worked there. You know, and none of us had dates or anything. So we're like, well, let's go to the bar. You know, let's go uh, play darts. You know, at the, at the pub. And, you know, it wasn't too far from my house. I'm like, yeah, yeah, let's go, let's go. And there's probably like eight or nine of us, you know. Mm-hmm. We all get there, and we get. I remember getting over to the um, to the dartboards. I'm like, you know what, I don't really want to play darts. So I left all my buddies, you know. And again, there was, you know, well, cool all of us, you, you know, yeah. whole crew. And I go and I start playing pinball by myself. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I play a game of pinball. And I remember it was Elvira Pinball Machine. Uh, nice. I, I look up and I see this, you know, lady, young lady sitting at the at the bar, and I go up to her and I'm like, uh, I'm like, hey, I, 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 like, would you like to play pinball? 
And she kind of turned around and looked at me funny, and she goes, yeah, I'll play pinball. I don't really like pinball, but I'll play a game with you. So we come over, and we're going to play a game of of, of pinball and, you know, getting ready to put in quarters again for the next game around. She goes, well, what's your name? I said, Chad. She goes, well, my name is Alta. Do you know a guy named David? I'm like, yeah. Did he call you today? Yeah. Will you set you up on a blind date? Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah. Mm-hmm. She goes, I'm wow. Alta. I'm the one that you're wow. supposed to meet. So, you know, essentially we were mm-hmm. a blind date that didn't happen that happened anyway. Wow. wow. So, uh, you know, neither of us had ever been there before in our behavior, just like he described it to you. So if I can, while you're in that kind of wow moment, if we could just add the tail end of that part of the story of us, I've always used the word arranged, and, you know, people might get offended. Thank goodness Chad understands. I've always loved Chad, and I mean that sincerely, but to me it's always been arranged. Mm -hmm. Within 24 hours of us meeting under those terms, as we just described to you, we discover, and I'll just shorten this part of the story, we we discover that his grandfather, Chad's grandfather, who had crossed, died before I came into the story, before before we met, his mom's... Father, yeah, mm-hmm. that he. Uh, well, Chad, you go ahead. You tell him. Well, I, 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 I introduce Alta to mom, and and she's like, just about well, the name. Yeah, she goes, and she, oh, she she goes. Well, does that sound familiar to you? And I'm like, no. She goes, that's my dad. That's your grandfather's name. Uh, you know, he went by George because he thought Alta was feminine. And of course, I knew him as Papa. Uh-huh. You know? right. so, right. But she goes, "Yeah, that's that's your grandfather's name." Is that's Alta. on his tombstone. Yeah, wow. that's on his gravestone. Wow. And his last name is Duncan, and that happens to be my mother's. Wow. And so essentially, I marry Alta Duncan. Well, you know, we'll just leave you all to kind of you know put wow. those pieces together wow. or not. Wow. But just again, just to finish the beginnings of this connection. That was too big for me. That was too big. And it was too scary internally for me. So Chad did not know this because we're planning on dating and we're going to see each other soon after this intro intro night. But as soon as he shared that with me, I just remember, no, not ever again. That's not going to (laughs) happen. I I am never going to see him again because something out there is pulling strings that I don't like. I don't understand this yeah i do you know it was just too big for me uh, on any level and so i think the new term is i ghosted him for three months something of that (laughs) right and then we had a very weird both of us had had accidents him long distance in a car me on a motorcycle and when we were coming back together again three months later so it's like all this high strangeness all this invisible hands seeming to have this quirkiness weirdness involved in us getting reconnected so finally three months later we got reconnected after being beat up and damaged and just kind of made up our minds okay let's just do this let's do this and so we made up our minds you know at that point to find a place to live and kind of set up our happy little home and start to get on with life and then and then again it got it got extremely scary for us, um, you know, about three months into our relationship. 
we had a mutual friend. What well, was actually that friend that I told you I called to come and join us? Mm-hmm. Those guys that, well, this starts to lead into more an- questions than we can ever really answer, with the exception of they claim it's been proven uh, the truth. But the reality is, is that that friend was murdered. Oh. And oh, wow. she only lived a mile away from Chad and I where our apartment was. And there's a whole lot involved in this story, obviously. But it took, for some reason, for some horrendous reason, we were targeted. Chad and I were targeted by the police, the detectives. And, um, Whoa. right. And I'll just, uh, just for people to know, that goes beyond a weird story. That is. That's too big because we're never, you know, we have no idea what has done this to our friend. We have no idea. Is it trying to do this to us? Right. We don't know Mm -hmm. anything. We only know that for some, there's, you know, lots of probably good reasons that I can't um, fathom that are not good reasons. Their interest seems to be in us, me in particular, Chad secondary. And so, they basically took our lives from us. They, in terms of the harassment and words started getting out into the community, the city that we were being looked at, targeted, interrogated, and all this insanity. Now, that then changed the dynamics of everything. And I can imagine. Right. And if I might, so just so that's not get left out of this story, you don't make those kinds of announcements publicly without you know, being able to at least fulfill that story. It took 20 years. That that essentially haunted us for 20 years. Wow. And then finally in 2010, Chad? Yeah, yeah 2010, it was yeah. solved with DNA. Wow. And that was in prison. But oh, man. absolutely this kind of crazy life that Chad and I have been dealt and dealt ourselves and so on. So Chad and I ultimately moved to Louisiana Mm -hmm. in 1994. My mom had left Arkansas. She'd moved to Louisiana, invited by some friends that I did not know at the time that helped her uh, be convinced to come and move on to their, they lived, they had a large property out kind of in the swamps Mm -hmm. of Louisiana, probably an hour or so outside of New Orleans. Mm -hmm. And, um, so my mom moved there. She then, Chad and I were living someplace else. She said, why don't you come and join us? There's a couple homes on this property. We'll work and, you know, so on and so forth. They offered us a, you know, a deal. And so I missed her horribly. We all love each other. So we took her up on the offer. We That's what brought us to Louisiana originally, him and I together. That was in 1994. Mm-hmm. 1995, somewhere at the end of 94, the beginning of 95, or we're just into 1995, I'll again have Chad pick this up. We saw our first, the only other way to put it is, well, UFO. That's the only way to put it.
Hey, that's a nice t-shirt you got on there. Oh, thanks, dude. It's brand new. Do you like that? It's one of the official What's Your Weird Story t-shirts. Where'd you get that? It's funny that you ask. I just got it off the brand new Spreadshirt.com site for the What's Your Weird Story podcast. There's no www. You just go straight to shop.spreadshirt.com backslash what's without the apostrophe W-H-A-T-S hyphen Y-E dash w-e-i-r-d dash s-t-o-r-y and that'll take you right there i mean you can never own enough clothing well that's true barry there's t-shirts for the ladies because you know they're cut differently there's hoodies which are really cool there's two different kinds of hoodies and there's also tote bags so you can tote your stuff that's so cool man so if you guys go out to spreadshirt.com what's your weird story currently there are two designs but there will be more going up very soon so just keep your eyes out for that and if you decide to get one of our shirts tag yourself on instagram to ours or facebook show your love show us what you got let's see your true colors yeah we we were coming into town uh for the evening for you know dinner and and it hadn't gotten dark yet you know it was okay it was still early evening and the town was ham in louisiana yeah, this is ham in louisiana okay. about an hour out of <clears throat> It's it's on the North Shore from from New Orleans. Okay, and uh, so we come around this bend in the road, and there's like you know these pine big pine trees, and back behind the pine trees is the local Walmart shopping center. Super you know, size, super size Walmart shopping center. <laughs> yeah. uh, and but we get around this group of trees, and we look up, and there's this craft. It's still light out. It's yeah, and it's huge. It's kind of um, it's kind of rectangle shaped, but not as wide at one end as than the as the other. Almost trias. Yeah, triosceles or whatever, moving very slow, if any, if if at all. Yeah. Uh, fairly low to the ground. Somebody asked me the other day, uh, or uh, or somebody you know interviewed us not too long ago and asked you know the. What would I compare it to the Superdome? And I'm like, well, you know, I'm not sure. Probably. And But since then, I've driven past the Superdome. And we made sure to kind of look and, like, look at it from up mm-hmm. off the, the interstate. And, yeah, I would compare it probably to the size of the Superdome. Wow. It, is, it was huge. Again, yeah. Very dark. Yeah. It's kind of on the um, the passenger side of the road, the right hand side of the road, and I'm driving. There's there's traffic around, but nobody's like pulling over. There's not anybody freaking out or pointing to the sky that we could see. Uh, I look up at it. I look down at Alta. Alta turns and looks at me, and I'm like, okay, you know, without saying anything, we kind of acknowledged. We both saw it, right? You know, yeah. I look back up at it for a little while. And again, you know, the traffic's moving, and so we just just keep on going. We go on to dinner that night, never talk about it, never, never, never say mention anything, it, never mention it, mm-hmm. nothing, you know. Uh-uh-uh. Um, that didn't happen. Yeah, right. Yeah, it was, it was like, um, what, um, when I saw it, it was like in my mind, in my brain, I was like, Okay, if I don't acknowledge it, if I don't, 
yeah, if I don't acknowledge it, it won't know that I saw it. Right, right. They they won't know that I saw it. Mm-hmm. Right, okay. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that was my, uh, we got up the next day and heard, like, either on the, you know, the radio or something that, you know, other people had reported strange objects in the sky that wow. same night. Okay. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, and we probably would have, and we, but we still never talked about it. You know, we were like, okay, we're not crazy. Other people saw something too. So, right. but that was the end of it. Wow. That was for me, he, he always describes that so much gentler than <laughs> what I was experiencing. Cause what I experienced, I turned my head instantly away from it and I stared directly at him. And I was, that was the closest I remember of being in shock. And I was in shock. Right. Cause I didn't you know. I knew that can't be doing that. And, right. it, and there's no way to describe shock, but that's what I was experiencing. And I just kept pleading in my mind for him to tell me that that's not there, but I could see in his eyes that's there. Right. And so wow. that was never going to be discussed again. Like you just said that, I mean, literally, so you hear the shock that I was going through. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It sounds like maybe himself. That was never, that was a non-event. Right. And we're just not going to do that. Yeah. And sure. if, if that, if that would have been our only, mm-hmm. uh, you know, thing, experience, experience yeah. weird experience, we probably would have never po- talked about it. Uh, mm-hmm. oh, I'm yeah. sure we didn't have, or, gone as far as we've gone with it all because it keeps going further with us right right <laughs> exactly and so yeah so that was our first that we can account for together having this that kind of an experience if you'd like then if we we'll, we could get back to uh i don't know did we share with you all uh the, when we're living now, we've left uh, Louisiana. I mean, left uh, New Orleans in 2001. We moved to Alabama. That's where his father and Chad's parents live, and he had siblings there at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, that's when we got moved there. We start discovering we've got some mutual, not together, but mutual kind of experiences with. I use the word Sasquatchy and. Yeah, uh, no, we we did not get to any of that because I know that our. Uh, our resident Bigfoot expert and mm. special correspondent Jeff Hubbard, who is uh, unfortunately can be with us today, um, oh, he definitely he wanted to hear these particular stories. So, oh, yeah. yay! Yeah. Well, we have a few of them. Cool. Starts yeah, there uh, in Alabama. Uh, when my brother started working with me um, with, at my dad's place, that we rebuilt locomotives and. You know, worked on the railroad and stuff. And uh, he, I, we started talking about stuff. And he goes, you know, Dad and I saw a Bigfoot one time. I'm like, really? He goes, yeah. He goes, I was taking Dad to Atlanta Airport. He said, we were just right in the middle of, like, the Talladega Forest, mm-hmm. National Forest there between uh, Birmingham and Atlanta. And he said he's sitting there, or they're driving, he's driving, dad's in the passenger seat, and this is early, early, early in the morning, you know, the sun was just rising. He said it was not a lot of people, you know, cars out on the highway or anything. He says they see what they thought was like uh, a guy sitting on 
the side of the road with a backpack on. Mm -hmm. And he said, all of a sudden, they get to they get a little closer. He said, it stands up. He said it was probably seven, eight foot tall, huge, hairy. And as they passed by it, it, they said it locked eyes on them and kind of kind of turned, kind of turned and like two, three steps into the woods. Wow. Dang. That was that was pretty crazy. I was like, yeah, and was Dad crazy. won't. My dad won't talk about it. No. Dad, dad, you know, he just kind of yeah. He didn't deny it, but he, you know, he just doesn't. No, you know, doesn't he go there. Doesn't go right. there. That's when you know. That's when you know something's for real. When you know mm-hmm. people people don't want to talk about it. Well, if I might, then with that kind of vein of thought, <clears throat> my Sasquatchy experience was all invisible. So for our friend that is interested in this subject, this may be extremely disappointing, Mm. uh, but I have to tell you, I went through it with a friend. Chad was asleep in our house in bed. We had another friend who was asleep on the couch just inside the living room, uh, inside the French glass doors of this house. This friend was also the... One that was with us tonight of the abduction. abduction. Oh yeah. Okay, Amy. What's her name? Amy. Christine. Christina. I think is how we changed her name. I don't. I don't know where I got Amy from, but uh, it sounded sounded good. (laughs) (laughs) We'll take it. Well, she. You're right. So she happened to be. This was my birthday. I have weirdness with this. My birthday, which is in May, I might add, coming up. She had come to, I had two girlfriends fly in from different parts of the country, one out of New York City and one out of uh, North Carolina at the time. And they were coming to spend a few days with us to help me celebrate my birthday. Yay. It was perfect. Mm -hmm. So she happened to be the one asleep on the couch, uh, just just next to these purposeful for this information glass doors, French glass doors that went out into our backyard. Okay. Okay, so this particular house that we were buying, this was in the middle of no man's land, Alabama. Uh, not far, actually, really very close to the Talladega National Forest area, um, <clears throat> which is where Chad was saying that that being encounter took place with his dad and his brother yeah. on the highway. So... We had spent the day out, and I'm honest to admit, we ain't no angels. We'd spent the day out on a boat. Somebody had, you know, loaned us a boat. And and, uh, these girls are a lot younger than I am, a lot prettier, and really bathing suit-oriented, not me. But I love the water. And so, you know, Chad was, it's a dirty job. Somebody's got to do it, having to take care of a bunch of girls out on this boat. Oh, poor Chad, poor Chad. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a dirty job. And so we spent the day my point is we spent the day eating drinking and being married throughout the day yeah well we had also as we left the party lake went to a restaurant had a big old meal you know big steak dinner and it wasn't like we stayed just drunk and unconscious none of Mm -hmm. us were so we get home somewhere around that crazy 11 hour it seems like 11 is pretty prime time it seems like in so many encounters and especially in ours Uh uh-huh we get home. Well, Chad, at that time, we had a Great Dane and a black ro- ro- 
half rot, half Doverman. And so small ponies is my point. Yeah. The pets. <laughs> Real. They had their perspective beds right next to our bedroom door, one on one side. You know, they were just amazing. And so Chad had had enough of the girls. He went to bed. So he goes to sleep. Our friend, she lays down on the couch. She'd had enough party. She just goes out. My other friend and I decide to do something we'd never done before, which is let's go upstairs on the deck and let's sky watch. Let's star watch. That was weird. Hadn't done it before. Okay. So we get up there trying to speed the story along. It seems to take me forever. We both instantly had an experience. We both let out little kitty glees like, wow, woohoo, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. She saw something dance across the sky one direction. I saw it the other. And then for whatever is bizarre as all the rest of the story is going to sound, we decided, well, that's enough. Let's go to bed. Well, that's just bizarre. I'm too excited. So the right. idea that I would just want to go to bed makes no sense. Sure. But, what, what is it that you saw dance across the sky? Uh, well, I've never seen stars do it. Okay. I, I, you know, again, it was there was a zigzaggy, okay. and so whatever it was, it was a light was a orbish white. Okay. Best because it happened so fast. Yeah. Thank right. you. Light. Okay. It happened. Yeah, yeah. Uh, her, her view direction in the sky happened to her instantly. I was looking the other direction. Happened to me, almost wow. instantly. Wow. So just bizarre, like all the rest of it. So we decide we're going to go down the steps of the deck to the backyard and come in through those glass doors. Okay. So that's what we do. And our house had a small incline. Down at the bottom of that small hill was a foresty area, or woods, small woods. It hadn't been cleaned or settled yet, and it was perfect. So as we got to the bottom of the steps and stepped out onto that yard at the base of that incline, the only way I know how to describe it, because I've had people just absolutely shut down to me when I've tried to share this, mm -hmm. it was one of the most mortifying, terrifying experiences of my life, so there's nothing fun about what I'm describing. Okay. The only way I can describe it is it was Sasquatchy yells, hollers, screams, because I've done a lot of study yeah, on right. how they are recorded and how they sound. Right. There were so many, I can't count them, but I could hear every one of them individually inside me, not just audibly. This was going on inside of us. Wow. Now, we're becoming beyond terrified, beyond words. It's all invisible. Right. It's coming up from behind us like a wave, an invisible wave of this these insane sounds, and if people don't know what they sound like, listen to those recordings and put put so many together. I mean, there's no way to describe it. So hmm. we are hustling just as. I don't even remember going up that hill, but what I do know is when we got to the top of the hill, uh, to the doors, to those French glass doors, she had her hand on the doorknob. Now I'm to the left, wait, left of her, hmm. just you know, just a few feet. I remember very distinctly that we're dead. That was my next thought is we're dead. Wow. Wow. There is there's no way to survive because that is now on top of us. Right. That wow. wave of invisible sound was on us. Mm -hmm. So I knew instantly we were dead. And then the next thing, I look I look over to my right at her. She's a she's an effing deer in headlights. She She's beyond mortified. 
Now, her eyes are the size of saucers. Her hand is on that doorknob. And I know telepathically, I don't know what else to call it. She's not going to She's not right. going to open the door. She's right. going to bolt through those glass doors. Right. And something, this is, again, so effing creepy, bizarre to repeat. Something made me say to her, you will stand in it. In a commanding voice that was my voice, but I guarantee I don't talk like that. Mm -hmm. And it was not me. And I don't know what else it was. But as soon as I did that, she stopped. She was not making any more move. And then, as if an invisible hand above my head turned off a switch, it was done. It was so silent. It was so silent. You could feel it. You could taste the silence. Wow. That is and intense. Then, oh, my God. It was unbelievable. I've never heard an account like this, and I've heard a lot of crazy accounts. I couldn't get people in the fields of either UFOs, aliens, whatever they want to call all that language, people in Bigfoot world. I could not get anybody to listen to me or to I wonder, care. I to wonder. Come- sorry, sorry. Um, no, no, no. I wonder if it was in something um, in uh, not in the UFO or alien or Bigfoot world, but if something, it was something, you know, spiritual, if it was some kind of, you know, like a haunting or some kind of, you know, something there in that area that was just, cause it sounds like, you know, I mean, it sounds like it, it I don't know. It seems to me that's what the kind of thing that I'm getting, that is something that, you know, because it is, mostly invisible and it has and it seems like it has some kind of energy about it otherwise it seems like that i it makes me wonder if it is a spirit yeah. some kind of spiritual attack or some kind of ghost demon type thing i don't know well that's a wonderful uh theory possibility certainly something to be considered like all and with that said feels to me, if you're up for this, I'd have Chad share with you um, an experience that falls very much on the vein of thought. I'm thinking of what you just said mm-hmm. about this maybe spiritual haunting, who knows, all that language. I'll also insert for anybody who's not aware, folks, please also remember there is a place in uh, Alabama called Huntsville, Alabama, that is NASA. That has been a huge issue to me, it seems like, for many years over our experiences. Mm -hmm. So just all keep in mind, NASA is also there a couple hours away. Sure. But if you might, I'd like to share with you, when Chad and I first moved to Alabama in 2001, if we didn't share this before, we went on a, we've only done it once because I think I was bored coming out of the French Quarter. All of a sudden, I'm in beautiful Alabama, and it's gorgeous and quiet. And Mm -hmm. I decided, let's get involved in a ghosty hunt. Well, I had never done nothing like that before either. It wasn't like we hadn't had crazy enough experiences. So I'll just I'll frame this and then have Chad share with you what we discovered in that experience. Keep in mind, we only did it once. Right. Uh, I find this female. She's a, a, a team of one who uh, is a photographer who's putting her little ghosty group together. She hears we're out of New Orleans. She hears she talked to me over the phone, finds out about the orbduction. We hadn't done anything about a book or anything. This was in 2001. Right. So uh, she invites us to meet her in small town, no place, Alabama, much smaller than where we lived. Now we're newbies. We don't know where we are. And this was in 2001. Please keep in mind. 
And uh, so we meet her out in the middle of no man's land. And she gets out of her pick-em-up truck, and she's got her tripods and her cameras and all that fancy equipment. And uh, we're at an old, like, looks like an old small lake, but kind mm-hmm. of funky or pond, big, big pond, whatever. And right. it, trailers, old trailers have been placed around it. And it also has uh, uh, apparently an old church that I was creeped the F out of connecting to that place. That was very, and then we learned for good reason. But when I go, she asked me to go up into that trailer and uh, whatever I could detect. Well, I did it. I sure did. I felt and I understood that there had been somebody who died in that trailer. And I took her exactly to where she already knew the history on it. I didn't know nothing. She mm. I didn't know nothing. I wasn't trying to be a ghosty show. We were right. just trying to, I don't know, like I said, being silly and bored. Um, you know, she discovers that I apparently can do whatever I can do. And I pointed out that that death took place and, you know, showed her exactly where it happened. I think it was on a couch in the living room or something or other. Well, come to find out that was an old woman, an old grandma who died there. Oh, and wow. her family, her family that were all tentacles of that area, had their homes and their grandchildren and then their grandchildren Chad, you pick it back up, if you will, from there about us meeting. The old grandma's granddaughter, who was probably close to 30 at that point. Yeah, uh, she's, so we're talking with the, the, the granddaughter, mm-hmm. and she's, she said that uh, right after the grandma die, dies, that there's just all this weird stuff starts happening in, in the house. Mm-hmm. So she starts reading out of Revelations, out of the Bible, uh, out on the porch. Now, she's got these, her I think her boyfriend and, and another guy there. And, you know, these guys are, you know, big, tough biker dudes, you know, big guys. And he's, she says, all of a sudden, something grabs her hair, pulls her down on the ground, on, on the deck there, on the porch. Yeah, this invisible force pulls her down, and it's pulling her hair. She's got, like, this long, long blonde hair. And it's pulling her across the porch, like, off the porch. The guys grab her feet, and they're, they're like, doing tug-of-war with her. And, you know, they're losing. Uh, I, I'm not really sure. I think it finally let go of her, and they got her back into the house, and, like, they— and then and then we were talking to her son later on that day and yeah he's like eight nine ten years old and you know you can always tell when you know or you know most of the time you can tell when kids make something up or yeah but he said that he's sitting out on the uh the porch one day in a very serious voice yeah he was very serious and he's kind of just looking over the rail and he said all of a sudden this thing came out from underneath the porch he said it looked like a monkey but it was like green and scaly like a lizard so we got yeah we call it monkey lizard he says it starts walking it's on all fours and it starts walking towards the woods and it stops you know, just like, you know, a few yards away, he said that it stops and just kind of looks back at him and then turns its head, takes a couple more steps and just disappears. 
Whoa. Gone. Gone. That's, that's weird. The only thing, yeah. the, the only thing I've ever heard similar to that kind of a, uh, you know, that kind of a weird lizard thing would be um, the uh, the lizard man that's in South Carolina, the one that right. uh, right. you hear about legends about the, the South Carolina lizard man. Right. Um, right. And, you know, I mean, very similar kind of uh, environment there in South Carolina and Alabama. Yeah. You know, right. so wow. Well, and then just to kind of detail that story, this little boy says this to us. I look at Chad. Now, the dude's boyfriend and his buddy, these biker dudes, they're sitting in the living room, small house. They're sitting mm-hmm. in the living room. They're glued to the television. They're watching the weather. They're glued. Now, that little boy had come out of his room and shared that story with Chad and and Alta, and Alta says to Chad very silently, let's get the flock out of Dodge. We, are in <laughs> we have no business being involved in any of this because we'd already had some other experiences with some other family members that there was no question about it. That there, If there was such a thing as the word haunting, they were absolutely haunted all the way. Right. And uh, it felt menacing. And mm. so we ain't stupid. I mean, so I'm trying to tell Chad, okay, well, he's not arguing with me. As we go past these dudes watching the weather, we're now becoming aware just because it's like every freaking weather siren went off in the heavens around us when we came out of that house and got in our car. And as we're in, uh, we're driving, it has a small little pickup at the time, I think. As we're driving out of this community that we have no idea where we are, again, I can't make it up. The skies turn, like, to me, black. They are not, but I mean, it's changing instantly, and we are surrounded yeah. in tornadoes. Surrounded. Yeah. Wow. Now, we finally, Chad, you pick it back up. Yeah, if you will. I, I kind of got lost for a second because, you know, this not was. Not a good time. Yeah, this was, you know, before I had, you know, the phones with the GPS and all that kind of right, stuff. So right. I, I kind of knew I was going in the right direction, but, but we're I wasn't really sure. And. I finally, I'd stopped, and I'm like, I was going kind of the wrong way. So I finally get on track. We get maybe 20 minutes from home, and all of a sudden, we see these two girls running towards us down on the, the highway. Hi- down the highway. And we're like, what? What's going on? Yeah, there's two or three other cars that had uh, were stopped. But apparently, if we would have been just a little bit faster or a little bit sooner this tornado just it went across the highway exploded imploded this house yeah Yeah. and so we sat there for a while uh you know the police the fire department all that you know everybody shows up we sit there for a while and we're like should we keep on driving do we stay here yeah you know so finally we sat there for a little while and we're like you know let's just get on home hey 
everybody. You're listening to the What's Your Weird Story podcast. You probably knew that already because you're listening or downloaded to the episode off of your iTunes or your Spotify or whatever place you get your podcast from. We want to thank you for listening. We also want to remind you to like us, follow us, subscribe to us, make sure that you get your new podcast episode every week. We'd also like to ask you to rate and review so that we can grow our audience and we can have more friends. We can have more stories. So thanks for listening to What's Your Weird Story. Wow, yeah, great conversation that we had with them, and it's always cool to go back and hear these things. And I'm, I think it's cool that we're able to, you know, look back and celebrate her and Chad, and hopefully, you know, lighten somebody's day up, you know, with with, with what we were able to accomplish and talk about. It was cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, again. Thanks to both Chad and Alta for being friends of the show, being great guests. Uh, if you want to hear more of their stories, fuller versions of their stories, um, they are episode 70, um, episode 71, episode 92, episode 100, and episode 101. Wow. I mean, they were, Yeah. Yeah. They, we... And that's probably not all of them, you know. There's probably some more stories that we just never got around to, to airing. But that's got to be like a record, or at least up there with Sam, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's more than Sam, but really? uh, that's definitely uh, definitely up there. I mean, that's five that they've been on, and that's that's right up there uh, with Sam. Uh, I know Desi's been on probably three or four times. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, Chantel has now been on uh, yep, right. like three, three or four times, yep. four times, I guess, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, um, just we appreciate the people that come on our show. We've lost that I know of three of our friends uh, that have been guests here on the show over the past five years. And um, it's never, you know, it's it's sad, but we want we choose to celebrate uh, the life that they had and celebrate what they shared with us and the good times and the weird times. And, you know, that's what life is about. It's about yeah, yeah. embracing living. Yeah, it is. It's been, a it's been a rough couple of years for everyone. Yep. And, um, I hope Chad's doing okay. And just, you know, our hearts go out to him and, and their families and, um, you, the older that we get, we realize that there's just not enough time and it's cool that we got to spend some time with somebody and got to enjoy each other's company because that's really what it's all about. And I think at the end of the day, if you're able to, like we said in the beginning, make connections with people, talk to your neighbor, you know, hang out and, you know, with no expectations, um, I think the world would be a better place and certainly felt like our conversations with Chad and Alta were um, a break from the norm. We appreciate all that uh, our guests have been uh, been in on here and been part of Weirdsville. And uh, we want to encourage you all to um, join us and share your stories and be part of our, our group here. Um, talk, you know, have a good, great conversation with us on the air. 
um, whatever your story is, any good story, we, we welcome. Uh, it doesn't have to be quote-unquote weird. Um, we just love talking to people and love hearing great stories and uh, and and meeting people and and then also you know with people we know rekindling uh friendships there uh so contact us through our uh, email wywspod at gmail.com uh or through uh facebook uh instagram or twitter uh or even www.whatsyourweirdstory.com um, our website and uh, all that good stuff. Uh, we will be back next week, right? Yes, we will. We're we, always going to be back that's next right. week. We got some good stuff coming. That's right. We got a lot of good stuff coming. Um, we've got our uh, we've got our friend April. We got a return of our friend Becky, and. Um, uh, that we went to school with and grew up with there in Kingfisher. Um, and who's been one of our early guests as well. Um, she and her husband are going to share some of the weird experiences they've had. That was a really yeah, good conversation. Cool. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we're going to have a, a family episode for, uh, for Thanksgiving. And, um, it's going to be, it's going to be a lot of cool stuff, a lot of fun stuff. And, uh, that was a good time here on the What's Your Weird Story podcast. Everybody out there in Weirdsville, everybody listening, if you're the first-time listener or if you've been here with us since the beginning, uh, we love you. We appreciate you. Uh, your life is has meaning, and you all mean something to us. And uh, we'll see you next time here on the What's Your Weird Story podcast. Until then, be safe. Be weird. As always, if you have a weird story, we want to hear it. If you have a lot of them, we want to hear them all. We can't do this podcast without your invaluable contributions. Whether it's sharing your stories, listening, rating, and spreading the word about the podcast. Thanks for listening. Until next time, be safe. Be weird. The stories presented on the What's Your Weird Story podcast are, to our knowledge, true experiences that our guests have had. We can't take the time to research all claims made, and besides, it's just not as fun.